Welcome to Earth's Mightiest Weirdos. Thank you so much to Mark Valentine for his help with our new introduction, which will no longer flag us for any sort of copyright issues whatsoever. <laughs> Kevin, how are you doing this evening? Thank you so much for joining us. Doing well. Thanks for having me. And underneath Kevin in the same city, in the same general vicinity, is Ryan. How are you doing tonight, Ryan? Doing well. I'm excited. How are you doing? I am doing well. The New York Rangers, not as good as the Colorado Avalanche. Alex is familiar with the Colorado Avalanche, but Alex doesn't really care. Alex from Comics and Cinema Podcast, how are you tonight? Doing great. Thanks for having me. No, I don't care. (laughs) (laughs) Alex, you're just fresh off of a recording of Comics and Cinema. Is that correct? That is correct, yes. What is the topic this week? Uh, Robert and I were going over uh, February's monthly comic book episode is Jonathan Hickman's Inferno uh, miniseries that wrapped up in January. So we were talking about that, the implications for that in the X-Men universe going forward. Uh, so I'll probably be out a little in a week or two. Nice. Awesome. Justin's here, says, here we go. Allison is here, fresh off of her win of the George Washington Funko on This Is Life. Congratulations, Allison. Wow. Justin loves the new intro. Jalen is here, loves the new intro. Dwayne, thanks so much for joining us. So good to see everybody. She was going to ask about the intro, so it's here. Sarah says she also loved the new intro. Thank you so much for joining us, Sarah. So, all right, guys. Well, let's get into it. Unfortunately, there is no world according to Jax this week. He is unavailable. Um, And he will be back next week to tell us all about his favorite things, which is romance for Valentine's Day. (laughs) That will be a lot of fun. Uh, comicbook.com absolutely tricked me earlier today thinking that Brie Larson and Jeremy Renner were coming to Disney Plus in a Marvel capacity. They are not. They're simply getting their own Disney Plus shows that have nothing to do with the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I hate clickbait. I thought, yeah, that got me. T- it got me too. I thought we were going to have news to discuss. No news to discuss. So we are going to get right into it. We are discussing the best of the MCU that never was. Kevin, it was your idea, so naturally we had to have you on for this. So, Kevin, I am going to turn the time over to you to help us learn more about some MCU projects that we never officially got. B. Ferg is here. How are you doing, Brian? Awesome. Yeah, thanks, Brian. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, I did have this idea I, when you were mentioning that you had some open slots on Earth Mightiest Weirdos for between before Moon Knight and March Madness, I was like, oh, this would probably be a good one to talk about because there's probably some things on here that some people have known about and others that maybe other people didn't know about. So um, the first one that we'll talk about was is going to be um, Ant-Man, but originally done by Edgar Wright because uh, he was attached to that movie um, way before the version that we saw. Um, he uh, probably around, um, I have a little cheat sheet here just to get the info right. Um, they He around like 2006 like very early on at the beginning of marvel studios uh edgar wright had pitched and talked to marvel studios about doing this film and um he would have it be a story with scott lang and hank pym both of them and have it be a lot of the heist elements were there um in his version of it um so um but the thing about this one was it just kept getting delayed and pushed back and i know the the big marvel studios book uh, talked about that a lot about how it just was originally going to be part of the phase one films and maybe some of the characters were going to show up in the Avengers, but then that kind of got scrapped. So it just kind of got, got delayed in the release timeline and based on what Edgar Wright could do. And then um, eventually things just didn't work out between them uh, to develop it um, as, as always cited creative differences and 
I think the I Alex, I don't know if you remember if the book kind of mentioned some of that or whatever, but I don't remember if it was part of the I think it was just the the creative the Marvel Studios create or the Marvel creative committee was just giving, I think, too many notes. And I think at by that point the MCU had changed so much from when he had started the film that to tie the film he wanted to make to tie it in was it just wouldn't have been made the way he wanted it to. So that forced him to leave after they had cast a lot of it. And then that got Peyton Reed in and uh, um, Paul Rudd and Adam McKay to rewrite it and everything. So yeah, yeah that's our first. That's our first. To, yeah. Peyton Reed to bring it on fame. That's what I know him mm-hmm. best from. Yeah. Um, yeah. What, I guess for those that aren't familiar too much with, with his films, like what is Edgar Wright most famous for? Cause this feels like the project out there, that was not completed that we definitely know the most about. Um, the, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, but, I think it's uh he, it's the Cornetto trilogy, I believe. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah I don't know. I don't know exactly what all the names in those films are. Uh, hot, it's hot fuzz. One of them. Yeah. Shot of the dead, hot fuzz. And yeah. 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 So those three movies, those are, and then he's, he did a baby driver. Um, that, um, that one I had seen after, cause that came out like was one of the first ones post Ant-Man. I think that he ended up, yeah. when he ended up doing i remember seeing that and enjoying it so yeah those are some of his films yeah but uh it was definitely going to have like a heist uh have they definitely still kept the heist elements in the version we saw but i think it was going to be a bit more isolated than what we got i'm also far more invested in ant-man being paul rudd and comedic and and the movie that we got like i don't know i well, mean he, he, like got his own his own brand of comedy for sure so yeah well he had de- he, he had cast paul rudd like paul rudd was okay. his casting and i believe michael douglas was as well um and like and uh evangeline lily was too because when he left a lot of you know in the the marvel book it said like they were like they were at least Evangeline Lilly said like she was unsure if she still wanted to do it because she had been so attached to Edgar Wright's version of it and whatever you know and then she saw what they what Peyton Reed did and obviously stayed on and whatnot but yeah so that's our first big one if talk I can about see, yeah I can see that. Evangeline I can see Evangeline Lilly not being super crazy about what she was in the first Peyton Reed film either like I think she took on a, a much bigger role in Ant Man and the Wasp Ryan do you wish we had gotten the Edgar Wright version or are you completely fine with the Peyton Reed version we ended up getting? I'm pretty content with the Peyton Reed version we got. It's comical. It's funny. Paul Rudd's great. I mean, the cast is great. Um, I mean, I'm not too familiar with Edgar Wright's style or anything he's really done. So I'm perfectly content with with Peyton Reed. Alex, are you a hot fuzz Shaun of the Dead fan? I am, yeah. And I saw uh, Justin called it out, too, that he, he, was, he did Scott Pilgrim as well. Mm-hmm. And he also just had, um, if any of you have seen Last Night in Soho, that came out a, a little later last year. Uh, which was kind of a turn for him, but uh, he's, I, I love him. He's a really great director. And one of his, I think, signature styles that you probably would notice is, and I don't know if he does the editing of his movies, but it's like, he's he's very big on montages and quick cuts. So a lot of like cut to the seatbelt closing and then the car peeling out and then the, the pressing the button on the music player going. And so you kind of see it a little bit in Ant-Man, but that would have been good. Like it would have been cool to see it, but I, I'm like, Ryan, I'm, I'm happy with what we got. I'm glad he's still got a writing credit on it, but the movie played out. I, I think it was fine in my opinion, the way that it was. It is, it is interesting that Ant-Man is actually like the close of phase two. Like there's not a mm-hmm. giant difference between phase two and phase three, but the fact that it was the first film to come out of Avengers age of Ultron and people were wondering, okay, is Marvel kind of bitten off a little bit more than they can chew when just a few movies before they were saying that about guardians of the galaxy like ant-man 
didn't make that much money from a Marvel perspective, but it was still five, six hundred million dollars. And I think Amen and the Wasp did eight hundred million dollars. Like it's still a very successful franchise, all things considered. Um, I I can understand, especially the creative differences, especially where it fell within the timeline. I think the way mm-hmm. Peyton Reed was able to adapt that, Michael Douglas falling into the MCU. I like that the character of Ant-Man was always being planned on using Scott Lang instead of Hank Pym, just because, um, and Alex, correct me if I'm wrong. You probably all three know this better than me of, of Hank Pym's comic origins was more what we did get in the films. It was more seventies, eighties, like cold war kind of stuff. Wasn't it? Yeah. From the sick. I mean, he was an original Avenger, so he, he had a very interesting past. I mean, he had the whole, anger management issues, hitting his wife. Basically he was like the first character that kind of was abusive towards another, you know, towards his wife, which was a really big thing back then in the comics. So I was really happy with the way that they took it because if they'd have made him the focus, they would have had to have kind of addressed that at some point, which again, it would be interesting to see in the future. They kind of touched on it in what if, but um, I, I'm good with the way that it was too. And I, Michael Douglas was interesting too. If you remember Kevin in the book, um, he had said that, he was he he's always been typecasted in a role mm-hmm. where he's like the bad guy and he's he's got to be really mean and really conniving and he loved this his, and I think he was one of the ones where his kids or his grandkids were like yeah do this role and he's like oh this is actually for like a good guy he was like yeah this actually sounds really fun so uh, I'm glad that he he decided to do it that's because he that's because he just looks evil but I will say <laughs> Ant Man Ant Man in general has one of my absolute favorite Easter eggs within the entire MCU and it's in Avengers Endgame when we flash back to 1970 in New Jersey at Camp Lehigh and we get the original Ant-Man helmet. I, yeah. I love it. Yeah. I love it That's so, really so much. So I would assume Edgar Wright was going to have a fair amount of that kind of stuff in his I film. think so, yeah. So, um, well, we talked about that that film being one that kind of we know the most about. I think the one, the second one we know the second most about is probably Inhumans, mm-hmm. and we still don't know a ton about that. So, Kevin, what do we need to know about the Inhumans film before it became the least well-received thing that Marvel has ever put out in a television. <laughs> For sure. Um, I mean, uh, before we do that, we'll just do one other that's kind of quicker, but does have some info. Another TV property that happened, but a lot of people don't know this one, um, that uh, Runaways was actually going to be a film. Uh, that got developed as early as 2008 uh, with the right, the creator of the Runaways, Brian K. Vaughn was writing the screenplay. And then by April, 2010, uh, Peter Solette was hired to direct, and they also had Drew Pierce, who's um, Ire, um, of Iron Man 3 fame. Uh, he hopped on to write. And so by October... I it take place at Christmas then. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so by, and then, uh, so by uh, October of uh, 2010, it got, um, the film kind of got put on hold because they were kind of, uh, Marvel was ramping up to the Avengers. And then uh, it potentially was going to be moved into phase two. And then that didn't happen. And then when they did the big phase three announcement um, in October 2014, uh, people were like, uh, Feige said, oh, it might have a place here or there. But then at that point, it kind of had just kind of gone away and kind of got um, changed into the Hulu series. So that was another one that not a lot of people know that it started as a film. I didn't really know for a while. And then I found a little nugget of it. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. Because like it didn't get a lot of coverage. But also Runaways isn't a very prominent uh, property to begin with. So um, that's one of the one, one of the only other ones along with Humans that started as a film and eventually became a Marvel TV series. So I don't, a, a script apparently was made and who knows how 
it would have been received. But I mean, I think the Hulu series did a good job for that team uh, being episodic, especially because there are so many characters between the kids and the parents. So, so um, it sounds like you you watch the Hulu show. Is anybody else watch the Hulu show? I watched the first season, and I and I read the comics. Okay. Yeah. I, yeah. I have not. I have not seen the TV show. Is it worth checking out? Um, now probably no, but when it was coming out, it, it was, it was pretty good. It, uh, the first season was, wasn't too bad. Uh, I remember the second was okay. And then it did a little bit better in the third and the third ended up having a crossover with cloak and dagger. Cause they were both the, like the teen heroes at that time. So, um, that was, uh, yeah, that, it was, it was okay. Like I wouldn't recommend going to say like, I would say, Oh, go back and watch the Netflix stuff more so to rewatch that than, if you missed any of that, then the Hulu runaways. But yeah, with what we're getting on Disney Plus, the standard has, has kind of changed quite yeah. a bit there. Yeah, I can understand that. Yeah, Ryan, but, do you have any familiarity with the Runaways at all? I I have no clue. Um, whatever characters were in the Lego Avengers games from the Runaways is not right. <laughs> there. You go. Oh, there you go. Not very yeah. much. Fair. Yeah. Enough. Alex might be able to give us a succinct. Uh, overview of them having sentences. Uh, yeah, I'm going to see how many sentences I can do it in, but um, really uh, rich parents from different different affluences are uh, a part of a cult that uh, the children find out about, and they determine themselves to be the runaways by running away from their parents who are almost trying to kill them because they're trying to sacrifice for a bunch of gods called the Jaborum. Mm-hmm. And uh, it sounds complicated, but it's basically a teen drama. And it was, act- I mean, the comics were awesome. I think that's why they wanted to develop it as a movie at the time was because the comics were really successful. Mm-hmm. Um, and you just had, there were so many twists and turns in it. And each of them had really cool powers and they would always mash up with the young Avengers as well. So like there was a lot of young Avengers runaways comics that were, like during civil war and, uh, but it was good. I mean, the series was really good. They were really cool. And there was a lot, a lot of twists in it for sure. We're getting a lot of, of Young Avengers stuff in the MCU now, whether it be Eli Bradley or um, or Kate Bishop or Yelena or whoever's going to be part of like uh, stature. Like uh, Cassie Lang is almost certainly going to be stature. Like we're headed that that way from a Young Avengers standpoint. So maybe the days of the runaways aren't completely gone and it could come back mm-hmm. in the future, especially if they were crossing over, crossing over that much um is cloak and dagger was it ever a film or was it only that tv show that it always was? it was only ever a tv okay. show yeah. yeah yeah and that was on freeform but yeah so going on to the other one that we said was uh yeah inhumans that was our other uh was a film and went through a tv series uh, completely i feel the this uh the inhumans was completely the um creative committee trying to get an x-men style team up film on the phase three slate, like when it was announced, like I definitely believe that Feige and the Marvel Studios people had no interest whatsoever in doing Inhumans, but uh, the people at Marvel Entertainment were like, hey, do this film because it's a team and we don't want to have Fox have the only uh, team of mutant-esque characters. Um, yeah, so that was officially announced in uh, at the phase three event in October, 2014. And, um, uh, like as soon as that was in development and such, like Vin Diesel campaigned hard to be Black Bolt, the leader of the Inhumans, because that would uh, because it would then be a physical role for him to play without using his voice, whereas Groot is a voice only role for him. So that was kind of the thinking with that. Um, and then uh, people were thinking as well during that time when Agents of Shield was on. They Agents of Shield had a 
big Inhumans push. So people are like, oh, they're trying to prep the audience for who these who who this race is. And I want to stop. I want to stop right there. Ryan, as our resident biggest fan of Agents of Shield, the Inhuman storyline is where I got I, I got lost. Am I wrong in finding that the one of the least interesting things about Agents of Shield? Uh, you are <clears throat> very wrong. Uh, that was the film like when that was announced as part of the Phase Three slate. I was so excited because the Inhumans were such a cool character. I didn't know any of the backstory that they were created to rival the X Men when Marvel lost them to Fox. Um, so I, just going in and learning about these Inhuman characters was awesome and. I think that they did uh, Angel Shield may not maybe they didn't do the best at doing them justice, but they did it well enough that I was excited about a movie coming to the MCU for it. So I think that you gave up a little bit too early on Agents of Shield. I will say uh, Agents of Shield did a better job on Inhumans than Inhumans the television show did on Inhumans. Um, so yeah. one thing I find very interesting that Kevin said about the Inhumans film is it was announced talking about Marvel creative wanting to push that a little bit because they couldn't simply make a mutant film. They couldn't do anything with mutants. So it was a good way of doing that. October of 2014 Kamala Khan came out. What? Like September of 2014. Like it was right around that same time. So they were really quick to. Yeah. Well, there was a, there was a big comic push of the inhumans around then too, with the the big Terrigen bomb thing. That is what Miss Marvel got her. Um, her powers from and i, I just remember the birth of the inhumans was that terrigen bomb it wasn't just kamala khan it, it was not the birth of it okay it well it, 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 it helped awaken uh because that's what terrigen is what awakens uh inhumans powers uh so it was a big thing and i remember yeah i vividly remember like just seeing marvel being like in like a main inhumans line like i can picture one of the covers in my head and like they were doing crossover events and everything so there was a big push for marvel to do in humans and then now it's like tapered off and like there's i don't even know if they still publish a, a monthly in humans book or whatever but like yeah so at that time it w- there was a big push and then just before we finish our discussion just the last bit of backstory was uh, yeah by 2016 um it had been taken the film had been taken off of marvel's release schedule uh which is around the time when feige and the studios kind of separated away from uh the creative part of uh, the creative committee and then um, in November of 2016, like a couple weeks or something, Faye was asked about it, and he said he the way he said it, he was like, "Oh, it's a potential like, t- like it would be good for TV or like TV is doing it or something." And the way he said it, people were like, "Oh, maybe um, it's being readapted." Not the fact that like, "Oh, I'm slightly confirming that I know Marvel TV is doing it." And then like a week later, like Marvel TV was like, "Hey, we're doing an Inhuman series. It's gonna." kind of tie into agents of shield but like not really and we're going to do this whole thing with imax for the first two episodes and then we got that series that we don't want to talk about at all <laughs> i will die on the lockjaw hill i think lockjaw is awesome and i will i will die on yeah. that hill alex if you had to bet kamala khan inhuman mutant or none of the above i wonder if they'll make her a mutant um, but I, I don't know. I mean, I, I was in the, the very minority when that announcement came out, Kevin. 
that mm-hmm. was the movie I was most excited for when it came out because I love you. Know, Black Bolt is one of my favorite characters. And so when I saw that that was announced, it was right around that time I was reading Paul Jenkins' run, the mm-hmm. Marvel Knights run. And I was just like, this is going to be such a good movie. Like, you know, and the, the Inhumans have been around for a really long time too. And so it was like, it was only recently that they ended up being used as a tool versus having such a rich history of like, being created by the Kree. Like they, there's so many tie-ins that they have and Hickman did a whole thing with them and connecting mm-hmm. them to the Fantastic Four. So there's just, there were so many cool possibilities. And Vin Diesel was like the perfect choice I thought because, you know, it, he doesn't have to talk, which is one of the things that, you know, Vin Diesel wise, I mean, I don't mind him most of the time, but if, if he doesn't talk, he <laughs> looks like Black Bolt. So it was awesome. And uh, hearing it was canceled and then seeing what we got with the show, I was just devastated. That show was I agree though. Lockjaw was awesome. Uh, and I liked Anson Mount as Black Bolt for like five minutes. Mm-hmm. But then you could easily see where the budget just dropped off. And then everyone was like, actually, we don't care about this at all. <laughs> well, the, I mean, one of the big things was you have the character of Medusa who has her hair that needs yeah, to be yeah, moving. <laughs> and then they cut her hair off by the end of the first episode. And like, like that was the whole thing that they touted of like, oh, we like had like, well, the wig looked horrible anyways. But they were like, oh, we did the CGI with her hair and it's going to whatever. And people were like, oh, like they're going to do this throughout the series. And then by the end, it was either the first or the second episode. She gets it cut off and it's like, well, there goes showing that they had no budget to do that. So yep. And then Gorgon's hooves and you'd like see them and you're like, oh, wow, those are bad. But then you'd never see them again. It was only his yep. torso up when he was talking. Yep. And, uh, Karnak was cool, too. They kind of shifted some things with him, but I like he was OK. But again, I feel like we're talking too much about the show. Was that, was that Ramsey Bolton's character? Uh, maybe. Game of Thrones? I think that was I think that was him. Ryan. You, so we all watched at least some of the Inhumans, and we're all, I guess, we're all fine that this movie was never made. Well, so I think it would have been a really good movie if they mm-hmm. cast it better and they had the budget to do it. But going to ABC's TV budget, where they already wanted to cut the budget for Marvel shows, we saw that in the back half of Agent Shield. Um, no, it was never going to succeed with an ABC TV budget. Fair enough. Kevin, what about else in that ABC world got kind of cut off? Uh, so this one, this one, this one is painful. Uh, Ryan can attest to this as well. Uh, the first uh, Marvels, uh, so shifting over to TV series that, uh, the, the, sorry, uh, Inhumans and Runaways, those were kind of the big, um, and Edgar writes Ant-Man, those were the big films that kind of never got made. So now looking over in the TV side of things before Disney+, Plus, uh, Marvel's Most Wanted, which was going to be a, uh, the proper spinoff of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., starring uh, Bobby Morse and the Lance Hunter characters. Uh, they did a whole thing in the third season, uh, or second uh, second season of this series where they were setting them up to be for their spinoff and had one of the better, ep- like one of the better episodes of the series was their send-off episode. And um, so then they essentially left and they filmed a pilot for it that um, was shown internally, but never got released. Um, and ABC decided to, um, opt out of uh they were like yeah we're gonna pass on this and which sucked because at that point agents of shield had kind of set it up so the two of them would be away and then maybe there would be a tie-in later down the line but now that they did that they couldn't really reintegrate them which kind of sucked because they were two great characters um lance hunter eventually came back for some things in the later seasons but um bobby morse never did but uh yeah that one was one that uh that one hurt because that one i think would have been really really fun to see Ryan, I think that's also where I fell off of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. when Adrian Padalecki never 
came back to the show. Yeah, that was tough because Adrian Palicki and Nick Blood were really great in that those roles, respectively. Um, and yeah, it really hurt because they had this like amazingly touching goodbye and an amazing episode to write them out. And you know, it was really exciting that they were going to get their own show because you know they're this this complicated couple um, who are also spies for Shield, but like not really. So it was just really tough to see them get written out. Um, and then, like Kevin said, we got uh, Lance Hunter back. Uh, I think it was in season five. Five and seven, I think. Five and seven, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, Adrian Pulicki not coming back was tough, but we may have a new Mockingbird in the MCU proper. I think we certainly have a new Mockingbird, and Alex is thrilled about it. No, we had a Mockingbird. <laughs> and I'm, not, I'm not talking about Adrian as had. I'm saying, like, She's not Mockingbird anymore. She's clearly retired. She has the retirement watch, so we're, we're not going to get to see it. Or I hope we don't get a deep fake aged down uh, Linda Cardinelli. I mean, I guess it would be. I would, I would say they would just bring her out of retirement and let her go from where she currently stands. That'd if they're cool. Do that. I could see her do a little bit of fighting. Um, I actually really wanted that show. That was a that was around the time where I started losing faith in Shield. Uh, and, and it was not that much faith because like it came back when we had that season with uh, Ghost Rider and the Darkhold and all of that. But uh, when they announced that, I remember like I still remember where I was when I was watching. And I think it was the episode, Ryan, where it was like Coulson was in the, the bunker and, you know, they had to like I think she was trapped in the bunker or something and had to save them. And it was really intense. Yes. And I just kept thinking like. How are they going to get their own show? Like, it's just going to die. And then she got out and they had the good goodbye. And then it was like, we're canceling this. And I was like, that, that's when I kind of, that's when I lost faith in ABC is what I'll say. Because at that point they had done so many weird decisions and it was like, okay, they don't know what they're doing. Yeah. I think Agent Carter was either, it finished its second season and we knew it was canceled or was just getting close to the end of its yep. second season. And so like, and that was heading towards the end of its thing. So. Uh, yeah, that that one was rough because I, I feel like they, they could have done uh, out of doing it like later down the line saying, oh, we're doing Inhumans when you could have done Marvel's Most Wanted. Like that would have been for an ABC show like that would have been such a better choice long term, probably, you know, but we've but talked now about in this day and oh. age that could have just been a four episode Disney Plus miniseries, right. like, especially yeah. with the title of Most Wanted. Like you can't make content forever about that. And they could have had it been like a one shot type show, and that would have been so cool. I don't know. America's Most Wanted has been running for however many. Years. <laughs> um, I, we've talked a lot about Agents of Shield tonight. If you want to watch it, I think it's on Netflix. It's still. on Netflix. It's, yeah, on it's still Hulu, be on Netflix. Maybe. And confirm it is on Netflix. Yeah. Okay. It's it's on Netflix. Netflix. Right. However, uh, I think the season seven might, might still be. be on Hulu, but the rest of it, I don't believe is. Yeah. It should be on so, Netflix in the U.S. Yeah, it should come to Disney Plus at some point. What is on Disney Plus that is worth your time is Agent Carter. Both seasons, fantastic, yes, really, really good stuff. Yep, Evan. Next, uh, pro great. So the next one uh, was uh, this was over on Freeform. It was going to be a New Warriors TV show. That's right. Um, this was going to be a half-hour comedy series, one of the first ones uh, done by a Marvel property, uh, Marvel Entertainment, um, and Marvel TV. And uh, this one, uh, they uh, it was announced um, in April of 2017 as a straight-to-series order for 10 episodes. Um, it was going to have uh, center on uh, Squirrel Girl um, and uh, the other New Warriors and was inspired by the Great Lakes Avengers from that part of the comics and that team and such. 
Um, and uh, Freeform was going to do it to complement their Cloak and Dagger series. And they also had plans that if things worked out right, there could have been additional spinoffs. But they wanted to kind of hit that like younger teen audience with the comedy and such. Um, Anna Kendrick for a while had been rumored to be um, Squirrel Girl, but it ended up going to uh, Milana Vantraub, the um, girl from the AT&T commercials, if you um, yeah. see her see her there. And uh, also, this was going to be a fun, uh, fun thing. Uh, Keith David had been cast in the series um, as a person named Ernest Vigman, who eventually was going to become uh, Modoc, which was, would have been pretty cool. Uh, so uh, what happened with this one was uh, in November 2017, uh, Freeform said that they weren't going to air it. They had uh, completed, the pilot had been made, and apparently it was quoted to have tested through the roof. Um, and Marvel wanted to shop it around to other networks, but nobody really uh, bit, and so it kind of just died on the vine. Um, and uh, this past September, uh, the showrunner, uh, Kevin Beagle, I believe, uh, he had shared a bunch of uh, behind-the-scenes images, and on Twitter he had said that he... Uh, felt the pilot, which had strong LGBTQ themes, um, had been prevented from being made from a top executive calling it too gay. So that was his take on it. Um, Marvel came out and said that they were fully supportive of the show and uh, uh, pretty much a boilerplate response to that. But who knows? This one never got happened. Some pictures have come out and such, you know. So uh, this one uh, was one that just maybe this and... Uh, Marvel's most wanted because the pilots got made. Maybe they'll show up on Disney plus one day, but yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't necessarily hold my breath there. They did. I can see squirrel girl being hard to translate, especially on that kind of budget. Sure. To, to television. So I can see that being an issue. They did a lot with squirrel girl um, in that Marvel rising animated show, which mm -hmm. America Chavez Lockjaw, like Chloe Bennett returned as quake in some of those as well. Um, Alex, earlier you talked about that Inferno comic run and Inferno's in there, Patriots in there. Like there's a lot of Young Avengers type stuff within that Marvel Rising show. It feels like they may have adapted some of those storylines from New Warriors into Marvel Rising, which again, it's animated. It's definitely targeted to my seven-year-old daughter. Like, mm -hmm. it, But it works really, really well. Like Squirrel Girl, I think from an animated standpoint, it'd be it's hard to take ant-man spider-man like there's a there's a there's a squirrel girl now like i mean how do we like i can see that budget really really not working even though i at the same time i feel like uh what was it ulysses and flora and ulysses that was that disney plus show it kind of felt like a backdoor pilot for a for a squirrel girl series if nothing else because ulysses the squirrel like he looked good but if you're gonna have hundreds of squirrels it might not look great Alex, you you seemed at least a little bit bummed that New Warriors wasn't made. Yeah, I'm a huge Squirrel Girl fan. So when they announced that, and he, I was excited about Anna Kendrick. I was excited about the AT&T girl as well. And, um, yeah, I, I guess you could say it would be interesting to see how they translate that onto TV because she's got really interesting powers and in that she's like, you know, your normal girl that can talk to squirrels, but she's also defeated Galactus. And it's always like she's always had these moments where she's just ultra powerful. Um, but at the same time, it's a, it'd be a really fun kids show like to have that. You, it would be you could make it so funny. Um, but, yeah, no, that, that was the only thing that bummed me out about it because I was like, oh, does that mean we, you know, we got to wait even longer to get Squirrel Girl? I wasn't too big on all the other characters that were in there. It was mostly her. Yeah, you talk about the AT&T uh, girl that, that Kevin was talking about, Milana Vaintrub. Like yeah. she is the voice of Squirrel Girl in Marvel Rising. So yeah, she's got to 
stay with that character a little Good. bit. And yeah, then maybe it did live on with that show. Yeah, Ryan, I saw you kind of perk up when I said Chloe Bennett came back to voice Quake <laughs> in that show. Is Quake the best show? To, I mean, I, I hate to keep bringing it back to Agents of Shield, but this is kind of where Marvel things go to die. Um, <laughs> sorry, I had to. Uh, is Quake the best character on Agents of Shield, Ryan? Um, definitely, I'm definitely the most powerful. She's one of the only ones, other than Yo Yo, that has a actual superpower. Um, they're all so great. I mean, over seven seasons, you learn to like everything about these characters. You grow with them. You know, they there's not a way to pick a best character on that show for me per se. There is. His name is Phil Coulson. <laughs> yeah, he's pretty great. Next project. Uh, yeah. So th this is our last like major ones. It's kind of a twofold, and then we'll do some quick rapid fire ones. But the next big one that uh, was announced and uh, was uh, the Ghost Rider series for Hulu, which would have been part mm -hmm. of uh, Hulu's Adventure into Fear franchise, kind of like Netflix's um, Defender series. Um, so this one was this one had a, had a, I think had a lot of hype behind it because uh, Gabriel Luna was coming back, uh, uh, reprising the role from Agents of Shield. Um, it was definitely going to be a more mature take on this series uh, character since it was um, on Hulu. Um, there was some conflicting things on how much it would actually be a spinoff from Agents of Shield versus kind of. It's definitely the same character, but we might acknowledge things, we might not. It was that was a little murky, but um, the Gabriel world Luna, that Agents of Shield lives in, yeah, yeah, or something like that, or it's like, or it's just a new imagining of the character with the same actor. Who really knew? Um, but in any event. Um, yeah, Gabriel Luna was uh, very, uh, he had a lot of, he was like really behind this, like, because all throughout his um, run on Agents of the Shield, there was rumors of, hey, he should get a spinoff or whatever. And like, it sounds like apparently around that time, they started having discussions to do it before they officially announced it in um, May of uh, 2019. So at least for three years, he was like talking about it, trying to figure it out. And like, he was all like, it, Gabriel Luna was one of those actors kind of like um, Charlie Cox with Daredevil and like some of those others that like he embodied the role and like he was a big champion for it. So um, it sounded like they got pretty far into uh, getting like I think they were building sets or getting sets built to like start filming this. And then um, a, and then Hulu, for some reason, decided not to move forward with it. But this is also the time when the Marvel television unit was kind of being solved with Feige kind of t and Disney plus was ramping up anyways too, you know, so um, that kind of doomed that series and hopefully Gabriel Luna will come back as a ghost as that version of Robbie Reyes ghost writer, even if Marvel studios is doing some of the other ghost writers. Um, and in that turn, that kind of kind of doomed the adventure into fear heading of shows. Cause that was supposed to have Hellstrom, which is on Hulu, but that's not really connected in any way. Um, even it's though it was one season, be, right? Yeah. yeah, it was one season, and that was, like, literally, like, Marvel... Uh, it was, like, in production and maybe just finishing right when Marvel Television was ending, so they, like, finished the production. We're just kind of like, here, we have our commitment to give this, and we're just going to put it out there and just leave it. But it's, uh, I think they had at least... They had Ghost Rider planned and maybe at least two other series that would have uh, culminated in some sort of crossover type thing of that horror-ish vibe of the Marvel Universe. So, um, yeah, th that's the last major one that we have. Alex, Team Diego Luna or Team Nicolas Cage? Put me Gabriel, in that kind Gabriel of position. Luna. Don't put Gabriel that evil Luna. on me, bro. What did I say? Diego, Diego Luna? Yeah. yeah, Gabriel Luna. I apologize. Yeah, um, actually, I would say Gabriel Luna. 
uh, Nick Cage. I, I enjoyed him back when I watched those movies. I haven't seen them in a really long time. I don't even think I've seen the second one, um, which I guess means that I like Gabriel Luna better. Because when I saw him, I was like, oh, man, he's got the the anger. Plus, well, and the funny thing is, I mean, they're, they're different characters anyway. So you could have a, a universe where there could be, right. I think they're up to like four or five different ghostwriters. So they're a, all kind of, he's the one that I want to see yeah. him riding his, his hell car. Yeah. Uh, which he kind of, he kind of did in the show, right? He did in the show. Yeah. yeah. A low it's, budget. It's hell car. Now. Yeah. Definitely team, team Luna for sure. All right. Fine. <laughs> all right. Fine. But I, I mean, where could we see ghostwriter next? He's, he's going to be coming. Like, is he going to fit within that? Marvel Studios Halloween thing. He's one of, the, isn't he one of the Midnight Suns? I mean, yeah. I mean, I was, Midnight I was like, Moon Knight is a good, Moon Knight's a good option to see, um, possibly seeing Ghost Rider, the Halloween special, probably Blade to be a, a spot where we see him. Um, I know, uh, Norman Reedus of, uh, Walking Dead fame has kind of had a fan campaign and potentially is hinting that he could be Johnny Blaze, the, uh, is that the character? Johnny, Johnny, Johnny Blaze. Blaze. Is yeah. 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 So that version of the character that, He's been like campaigning for that one for a while. So like he could exist and then uh, Gabriel Luna could be the Robbie Reyes version, you know? So like it's possible for both. Yeah. Dr. Strange could. Yeah. There's definitely the horror side of things that Ghost Rider, I think could. we'll be seeing Ghost Rider soon. And I I hope we do. So that, that'd be, that'd be really cool. If we're going to explore the multiverse of Ghost Rider, at least give me Nicolas Cage in the (laughs) MC for at least a split second. I would, I would love, love. Well, you know where he got his last name, right? I don't. You do, you don't know that? Do, do either of you know where? Who, which what who? Nicholas Cage. Oh no! I know it's not his real name. Correct. Yeah. So his his real last name is Coppola. He's yeah, I knew from that. The Coppola family, but he loved Luke Cage so much that he changed his name to Cage because wow. he he had said he's always was always a, a Marvel fan, and so he legally changed it because Luke Cage. Awesome. Always be Cajun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all, right. all right well kevin that that you said that kind of wraps up the biggest on-screen things yeah we got yeah just a couple a couple quick fire ones that still existed that we can all do in like a quick one shot here um also on abc at least since april 2015 uh john ridley uh the screenwriter who's done a lot of stuff he had he was developing a marvel series on abc nobody ever really knew what he was doing but he, he was like, that was in development for at least, at least until 2017 or 2018. And then it kind of um, ended when Marvel television shut down. So no one really knows what he was doing, but he probably would have had a really cool take on something. He's currently on over in DC writing the new Batman, uh, uh, the, uh, the black Batman character. So that's pretty cool. He probably would have had a cool take on something. Um, another one at ABC that never went forward was uh, Damage Control. Uh, oh, I feel yeah. like that was going to be like, um, what was the one on NBC? Uh, Power, uh, Powerless. Uh, the one at the office one on NBC it had a Vanessa Hudgens and Alan Tudyk in it. Um, yeah, I think it was called oh, Powerless. It was like it? Powerless or something. It was like an office setting of like. That's right. DC. Yeah. So that yeah. came out first and I feel like that partially doomed Damage Control. But then That's I cool. also feel like Spider-Man, Spider-Man uh, Homecoming did with, uh, yeah, they were like, hey, we're going to use this TV. Take your hands off of it. Um, and then I think one, yeah, one other one was also at ABC. A lot of these are at ABC because, you know, they just wanted to start things and just could never get anything up off the ground was um, uh, screen uh, writer Alan Heinberg. I'm not sure what he had done previously. Oh, uh, he might have done um, Wonder Woman or something. Um, oh, no, Alan Heinberg did Young Avengers. 
Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So he had uh, was de- developing a, uh, uh, a uh, series based on a lesser known fe- on lesser known female superheroes that apparently had gotten a big production commitment from ABC, but then that never got uh, developed. So. Yeah, yeah, so that yeah, oh, he was, was an A Force movie, yeah, some yeah. kind of A Force team, yeah, like, something like that, and that was supposed to be developed at um at ABC. So yeah, a lot of these were in development at ABC, and just it never went forward. So those that's those are pretty much all of the productions that haven't happened in the MCU. Interesting. All right, well, let's. We all kind of have heard of some castings within the MCU that never happened. I think all of us are familiar with John Krasinski potentially was going to be Steve Rogers, um, stuff like that. Uh, Ryan, we'll start with you. Are there any potential castings that you're really, really glad didn't happen, or castings you wish had happened? For example, everybody knows that if Timothy Chalamet was cast as Peter Parker, I would not have a daughter named Parker right now. Um. Yeah, that would have been tough for you. I know how much you love that character. It would have been the absolute Asa Butterfield when it might have been just as bad. To be a hundred percent honest, but um, I would say one that I'm very glad did not happen because I don't particularly care for him. Uh, is Jason Momoa was rumored to be Drax? In the you episode. don't like Jason Momoa? I just don't care about him. It's not that I don't care for him. I just don't care about him, and not that I care about Dave Bautista more but I just feel like Jason Momoa is like at a higher level of fame and I don't care about him. So yeah, <laughs> I'm just, just going to be controversial and hot take all day. Put um, it on, the, put it on the scroll. Ryan hates Jason Momoa. Alex, yeah. you, would you have liked to see Jason Momoa as Drax? Nah, no. <laughs> all right, fine. Yeah. Save, <laughs> save him for something. I mean, he's got Aquaman right now. When the time comes, he's going to come to the MCU. And it's going to be something where he's not covered completely and head to toe in gray paint. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> Ryan, any others that that uh, one that really stands out to me that a lot of people come back to is Emily Blunt was almost Black Widow, mm-hmm. which would have been very, very different for that character, yep. I think. Um, and I mean, these this is I mean, John Krasinski, Emily Blunt, both entering the MCU about the about the same time would have been interesting. But I think that probably worked out for the better at this point. I can't see, I couldn't see Emily Blunt sticking around quite the same length of time that, that ScarJo did. That would have made the uh, kiss on the escalator in Captain America, the Winter Soldier, a little um, more friendly. <laughs> aren't they married, the two of them? Am I wrong about that? They are, yeah. Right, they're married. What would have made it even, I mean, weirder, like the Russos tie in, like they wanted to cast Alison Brie as Sharon Carter, which oh, yeah. would have been which would have been interesting, but um, yes, it would have been awkward. The one that I saw today that I was like, huh, um, being a big new girlfriend, um, Zoe Deschanel was almost cast as the Wasp. So that would have uh, been in the Avengers, right? I think Josh Avengers, was going to yeah. catch, yeah, before the Ant-Man. So again, yeah, this was going back to Edgar Wright's thing. It was like, that was kind of in limbo. And I think uh, Josh or so was that Josh or Zach Penn who had the co-writing credit. I think they wanted the characters to their original team members, and so they didn't really know what was happening with Edgar Wright's thing. They hadn't cast anything, so yeah, I think that I remember seeing that one being thrown up. So before Evangeline Lilly came on, I can and, just the wasp uh, flying Michelle around. Pfeiffer. I could see the wasp flying around with her helmet still having bangs if it was Zoe Dish. <laughs> <laughs> Who's that wasp? <laughs> <laughs> it's hope. It's hope. Uh, Alex, 
you you joined us a little bit late in the process for tonight, so if you don't have any prepared, I can. I did a quick you. Google, but okay. I found a few, and I, they're ones you guys haven't mentioned yet that are interesting. I don't know if I agree. Daniel Craig turned down the role for Thor. No, thank you. No, thank you. Uh, and see, I love Daniel Craig, but I think he made the right choice. I'm He's just too sure. old for the role. Yeah, and I'm just think I'm picturing his face, his his beautiful face with long hair, and it just doesn't. <laughs> I don't think it sits well with me. Uh, the other one was uh, Matthew McConaughey as Ego, uh, which oh, wasn't he going to be Adam Warlock though? Uh, and you know, you might be right on that too, because the way that they mentioned it in here, and I'll scroll down, was uh, <laughs> some he, he passed on, yeah, because he passed on the because I feel like I feel like James Gunn approached uh, approached him for uh, Adam Warlock for Guardians 2, he passed, and so he took uh, he took that character out of that film because yeah. I think because of that, and maybe some other things that happened, but uh, also glad because again he needs a bigger role if he's going to be in the mcu i need more of him uh joaquin phoenix for dr strange back in the day i was all for that i was like "Ooh, he looks like dr strange he can pull it off but that would have never worked because after the first movie he would have been like what i don't want to do more of these like <laughs> i've got other movies to make i'm not connected universe he's like he's like a younger version of martin scorsese basically alex do you, do you, do you recall didn't they say in the marvel book though that even though there were the rumors of Joaquin that they never seriously considered him. That Did might they? be true. I, yeah. yeah, I feel like, because I, I remember I, I wanted to be scared because he would have just told them off. Because like, I remember there was the whole time of like, they didn't announce it or, or announce casting at that, the phase three event because they hadn't locked in Benedict Cumberbatch. And then the rumors came out like, oh, it was going to be Cumberbatch, but then it wasn't. And then it was going to be Joaquin. But then I think, I think it was just like a, like a smoke screen of like, Something I don't think that was ever. It might be true, but I don't think it ever was true. Who there knows? was also a ton of rumors that like Benedict Cumberbatch was simply too busy for the role too. Like, and that and it and he, he kind of was, was, and they moved the production around right. what he was doing so he could do it. Um, Jared Leto was another one that I've read that that was out there for Doctor Strange, which which would have been interesting. Uh, he's Doctor Michael Morbius at your service now, so we'll see <laughs> if that if that film ever gets released to the public. Two, yeah. two different Jokers uh, that were almost cast as the same character. That's wow! Forget that. Jared Leto was ever the Joker. There must just be something twisted about being yeah. Doctor Strange. Yeah, <laughs> something a little strange. Uh the only other one was uh, Yaya Abdul Mateen the second. Yes, for Mbaku. I saw that. Oh, uh, okay. I'm campaigning for him to be T'Challa. So I'm glad that he didn't take the role. Maybe maybe he gets recast as T'Challa. That'd be great. I need to see him in something. Like, I need Black Mana to have a little bit more storyline in the next Aquaman. He's uh, he's in it, right? Yeah, he's in yeah, it. Black he's Manta, it. yeah. So he was underutilized in the first Aquaman, in my opinion. Totally he was great. In my opinion. Uh, one that really stood out to me was Amanda Seyfried. Um, mm -hmm. I, did I pronounce that correctly? Um, she, of, of Mamma Mia fame. Like, she just didn't want to be green. That's the only yep. reason she ended up not being Gamora. Mm -hmm. So then they got the billion dollar queen herself, Zoe Saldana, to come on and like the right choice, in my opinion. She's in like three of the top five grossing films of all time in Infinity War, Endgame, and Avatar. Like, she's a multicolored actor, too. Yeah. Green, blue. Uh, but yeah, no, she, she was interesting, too, in the book because she mentioned that she was really hesitant to take the role as well mm -hmm. because for that same reason, she was like, I don't want to be pigeonholed. This is just another, I'm another action fighter in another action movie. But you know, James was able to be like, look at what we've got here for you. And she was like, yeah. Oh, okay, let's do it. Sticking with the guardians. I think another one that I've heard uh, was uh, Glenn Howerton was auditioned yeah, for um, Star Lord. Yeah. Yeah. 
but but he he I don't I definitely don't feel him for that role. But I know he's a he wants to get into a uh, he wants to get into a superhero thing. So hopefully he'll get cast as something that'll be great for him. I feel like Nathan Fillion, like as Nova, that's that's a pretty popular one online too. I feel like that Richard Ryder Nova. Yeah, which he's I feel- already he's already Wonder Man. He is already Wonder Man, but that's in a very, very limited poster, if nothing else. <laughs> uh, as much as I thought Wonder Man was on his way a year ago while we were breaking down everything that was happening. Everybody was. And They and, did that on purpose. Uh, yeah, those. Tune in to Earth's Mightiest Weirdos two weeks from tonight when we discuss the Quantum Realm Rewind of WandaVision, where how far we have come. Kevin, any other castings that, that you wish didn't happen or very glad that didn't like i said um i mean Spider-Man. the only one that I, I had mentioned to you guys ahead of time and uh that just i always come back to was a uh, sharon stone was supposed to be in some sort of marvel movie in a uh, 2016 and then in 2017 she was like i did a small i'm in a marvel movie it's a small role and she apparently had heat powers and so this is still the time of when X-Men and 20th Century Fox were making their movies. So it's very possible she was going to be in one of those. But I'm just... Well, wait, when was it, Kevin? What what year? Uh, I'm pretty sure she first said it in late 2016. And then again in like early 2017 is when she gave the heat powers information. So... I got to um, I gotta find... I know we talked about this beforehand and I, yeah. I threw it up in the Google. And it was like multiple articles from that time where they were all speculating that... And I think we said that, that she was going to be Janet. And because the way that they read it, it said in the interview, she said, I have a wee, a wee part in the movie. And then yeah. I'm just thinking of it like in my head, she looks almost identical to Michelle uh, Pfeiffer, Michelle Pfeiffer. So like yeah. she, you know, a little bit of gray hair, she would have been the exact same case. So I almost wonder if maybe she didn't know who her character even was at that point. And it's, it's like, oh yeah, I shot fire out of my hands. Cause you know, she shoots the. The oh, the, zap the zap. Yeah, maybe it, maybe yeah. So that could have been it, but like, I mean, I know they didn't really shoot anything with Janet until like Quantum Mania. So that was in uh, like I think the slightly after her comment. So like, I don't know. That one was just always one. I just always remember it popping up and always being like, oh, I'm gonna keep my eyes out. Like, where's Sharon Stone gonna pop up? Because I know she's a pretty like famous actress and back from the 80s and 90s and everything and she never appeared as far as i i could tell so that was always one for me if you haven't seen that youtube clip of sharon stone on jimmy kimmel with sebastian stan like that would have made all of his dreams come true if she would have been in the mcu with anything he was in sarah brings up a good one tom hiddleston was actually fairly far in the casting process for thor as well Mm -hmm. I just I can't picture Thor as any as anybody else now at this point. So David says I think Feige wanted him so he continue casting the movie. Um, um, for, for the person that I found that I'm very glad was not cast because I think he could have a bigger role in the MCU is I'd seen that Keanu Reeves was in the uh, running for Jan Rog and then it went to Jude Law. So I think Keanu mm. Reeves have a bigger future in the MCU. Yeah, when Jude, when Jude Law was cast, man, I thought we went back in to 2005 where Drew Laud was in everything, <laughs> literally everything. But yeah, I feel like, yeah, I feel like the Keanu it, it, people have always said maybe like silver surfer for him possibly. So who knows? I got, uh, I got one. I got okay. one. Hear me out. The Punisher. 
because I was gonna, I was just saying, I was doing it as a joke, but like he should just be John Wick in the MCU. But that's the Punisher, so that would actually be kind of badass to see him going around, just you know, John Wick Part Five, where he's just killing everybody. Somebody, somebody shoots Lucky, and then you know, oh, it's all yeah. da- it's oh, all no. downhill. Oh, yeah, I mean, that's yeah. the whole purpose is you know, his whole if, family gets killed. If we can't get that. John Bernthal back as the Punisher, oh, yeah, yeah, I'll take Keanu Reeves as a good backup. Yeah, it, it, that almost feels like a done deal. Whenever the Punisher shows up, that it's going to be Burnthal again, especially right? with other events that have happened. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us tonight, Kevin. Thank you so much for all the uh, information and doing some research that I didn't have the time to do. Alex, thanks so much oh. for joining us on the last minute. Okay. Alex, anything we need to know about comics in Cinema Land? Uh, no, nothing right now. Like I said, we got that Inferno episode recorded. That'll be out soon. Last one we had up was, I believe, our... Oh, I had an episode on nostalgia that I was really proud of. That was... A, I went off script a little bit. Instead of talking about a movie, I just talked about what nostalgia is, what it is, and, and kind of how it's been affecting media, both movies, TV, video games, comic books, all that sort of stuff, and kind of what the future landscape of media looks like because of nostalgia. So, yeah, check that out on Comics and Cinema. Thanks, Brian. There hasn't been anything within the Spider-Man films recently that trafficked on nostalgia that I can <laughs> remember. Ryan, anything you, you need to plug? Um, nothing I need to plug. Just uh, make sure that you go and listen to all the podcasts, Comics and Cinema, Earth's Mightiest Weirdos, Babu's Freaking Podcast. This is life everywhere. You need to listen to your podcast, Modern Gods, everyone. Oh, yes. Yes. David from Modern Gods officially confirms he was talking about Doctor Strange when he was talking about Feige. Kevin, anything that you need to plug before I go on my soapbox for a minute? Uh, no, nothing I need to plug. I hope uh, any listeners uh, learned a few things that they may not have known. Uh, all of the research uh, consisted of a Wikipedia article called List of Unproduced Marvel Cinematic Universe Projects. So if you were intrigued by any of these, uh, go look there and maybe you'll go down a little rabbit hole, learn some more things uh, beyond what uh, we were able to say here. But uh, thanks for letting me uh, bring this topic to Earth Mighty's Weirdos, and I hope everybody enjoyed it. All right, we'll go in sequential order. Um, This Wednesday, dropping United We Fan podcast, we had two visual effects artists that worked on Spider-Man No Way Home. Not only did they work on Spider-Man No Way Home, they were particularly focused on, and we didn't even get to it, they also worked on the final battle sequence within Spider-Man No Way Home. We didn't even discuss it because the other sequence that they filmed or that they worked on was the Peter Portals in Ned's grandma's house um i made fun of for calling it the peter portals even though that's absolutely what it is called Um, but hearing the world of the visual effects and what they everything that they have to take into consideration and all the the different levels that come in within that talking about the two other people joining the film in that scene really really interesting stuff Uh, a topic of united we fan that we're very proud of and thank you to uh, mandy and alex for joining us for that then Wednesday night, 9.30 Eastern time, we will be live recording Babu's freaking podcast out of our normal schedule because A, it's the finale of the Book of Boba Fett, and B, it is the Diz Life group trip, so everybody will be here in Walt Disney World. Mark will be in my living room. We will be recording Babu's freaking podcast together. Nice. We'll have a bit of a different backdrop that night. It will be great. Cannot wait for the Book of Boba Fett. So watch the episode. Join us 930 Eastern Time or catch us anywhere you find your podcast. Then over the next couple of weeks, the upcoming schedule for Earth's Mightiest Weirdos. Next week, we are going to be talking best MCU relationships celebrating Valentine's Day. As mentioned earlier, we're going to do the Quantum Realm Rewind of WandaVision where we're at a year later. 
Marvel Cinematic Universe 101. One of our favorite patrons over at This Diz Life is going to be joining us there to discuss what she does. She doesn't know the MCU, so she wants her questions answered. She's going to come on with Anthony and myself, and we're going to discuss everything that you need to know to get into the MCU. We're going to do MCU Madness phases one through four throughout March. And then it's Moon Knight time. And when Moon Knight is over, it is time for Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Plenty to come still here on Earth's Mightiest Weirdos. Gentlemen, again, thank you so much for joining us for the children.